we wrestle with faith because we often convince ourselves that faith is about being correct. But faith has so much more to do with simply showing up and being present. In the name of the one who calls us, amen. Some of you probably are already members or you have heard about the social networking online site, Facebook. I signed up a couple of years ago to join some conversations with friends and colleagues, as well as our youth, for whom Facebook is about as basic now as owning a cell phone or having an email address. One of the features of the site is you get to update your current status at any time. Richard is fill in the blank. So you can imagine my having fun with that. Richard is at the beach. Richard is snoozing. Richard is feeling like he wants to be somewhere else right now. Or one of my more vague perennials, Richard is feeling wistful. The other day, while I was feeling confused, honestly, I can't remember quite about what I wrote, Richard is wondering which way is up. And I don't know if it's my wearing the collar or just the way the stars aligned or perhaps a bit of each, but for the first time I could remember, I received a number of comments from Facebook friends about my status. One tried to solve the problem for me. Up is in the opposite direction of gravity, she wrote. Drop something heavy and aerodynamic and observe where it goes. That's down. Another person wrote sympathetically, up is the only way to go when you've hit bottom. It's a struggle, but with God's help, you can move up, up and away. Yet another commented, my suggestion is check out the nighttime on a clear night, look towards the sky and look for stars. There you'll find up. But the truth was, I wasn't sure I needed an immediate answer to my confusion. Sometimes our path forward is not as easy as up or down or yes or no, or even a definitive and clear decision. Sometimes discerning God's will doesn't work as easily as solving a simple problem about physics. We hear this wisdom in today's Hebrew scriptures story about Eli with his ne'er-do-well sons and the young eager boy Samuel when they are both mystified by what Samuel is hearing. The nub of the story for me isn't in Eli figuring out that God's voice is summoning Samuel. The nub is somewhere else. And yet, true to form in our American problem-solving culture, three friends were trying to fix my confusion for me to make it clear which way is up. One of them, a bit later, followed up sounding concerned. Anything we can do to help? 
I was tempted to write back and probably should have done now that I think about it. Please pray. Like many folks in this part of the world, I frequently fret over being right or wrong. Because being wrong means risking getting attacked by those who disagree with me and judge me somehow lacking. But being right risks smugness on my part and an unhealthy sense of superiority. And both, if you think about it for very long, are spiritual traps. This weekend, as we commemorate the leadership of Martin Luther King Jr. through a turbulent time in our nation's history and then prepare for an historic inauguration on Tuesday, many of us might be given cause to wonder a little bit about the nature of calling. In all the great stories of national and even local leaders, we forget too easily that even their paths weren't cut and dried every step of the way. Their paths weren't illuminated by absolute clarity where each decision was marked by the voice of God telling them exactly what to do. It's a fluke of history that hindsight tends to make people sound more definite, more certain than they really were in the moment. Martin Luther King spoke of only a very few, perhaps only one mountaintop experience where he thought he recognized God's voice. And that was not in the high halls of policymakers, nor was it before the Washington Mall, nor was it even in a church pulpit. It was late one night at the kitchen table after he received a death threat by phone. we have to be reminded that faith and calling are not always about getting it right, whatever it might be. In fact, faith is rarely about getting anything right. Instead, faith is about showing up. It's about responding, even in our sometimes backwards or upside-down ways that embarrass us and sometimes even vex us. Sometimes, like Samuel, like Martin Luther King, we learn the right direction by simply answering God's call again and again, by simply showing up and trying to get it right, even if we get it wrong, by showing up even bewildered and confused. Frederick Buechner's famous definition of call is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. It's quite beautiful, isn't it? But even without mentioning perfection or being right, it implies that we really know what our deep gladness is or that we can identify with God's acuity the world's deep hunger. 
Frequently we get a glimpse of one without the other. And sometimes we are shooting in the dark with guesses on both counts. This is our challenge every bit as much as it was for Eli, who is about to be eclipsed by God's hand, and Samuel, who was to grow up to anoint kings. For the first ordinary folks like you and me who became disciples when God in Christ came walking by, or for Martin Luther King, who was to change the course of the future for a people. So how do we know when we have a grasp of God's call? How do we know God's voice? This is particularly prescient in our time when economic pressures and grim news tend to push us into tight corners. We want to know that we are making the right decisions in hard times. We want to know that we are selecting the right path when confronted with a fork in the road or even an impossible set of equally painful choices. But our questions over what's right and what's wrong in such decisions are often met with a terrifying silence. God's silence is sometimes even worse than our own. Its infinite emptiness seems to hollow us out inside, leaving us yawning to the sky for spiritual rain. A single word of guidance to hang on to, an affirmation that we are on the right path. But the graceful answer to our questions of calling are often not the yes or no or right or wrong that come like lightning bolts from the sky. Rather, the answers sing to each of us as we read from today's psalm. Today's psalm with its reminder that we are marvelously made each of us, with its reminder that God's knowledge of us, just like God's knowledge of Eli and Samuel and the first disciples and more contemporary heroes like Martin, God's knowledge is infinitely greater than the knowledge we hold for ourselves, let alone for others. And the striking grace is that we are held in that infinitely wise knowing. Even when we aren't sure where God is calling us, even when we aren't sure which way to choose, even if we aren't sure how ends will meet tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, even when it comes to life and death matters and our moral vision falters and our steps become uncertain, We are held. We are made by hands that love us. And our ends and beginnings are seen long before we even begin to comprehend either of them. That's good news, it seems to me, for difficult times such as ours.
difficult times where we want to know where God is calling us or what God is calling us to do. Sometimes the answer to that question, perhaps more frequently than we realize, is simply that God is calling us to be right here, right now. To show up fully in place and the present, like Samuel repeatedly running after the voice in the temple, showing up, yet not knowing where it would take him. Like the disciples following after Christ day after day on the winding, dusty road that goes over the horizon, showing up, but not knowing where it would lead. Like a preacher from Georgia agreeing to be swept up by the swirling tides of history not so very long ago. And that God is simply calling us to be because God loves us. And that requires fewer answers and fewer attempts to be right. It doesn't even require knowing which way is up. Instead, all it asks for is deep listening and deep living living into the love that loved us before time. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.